Mana Bulvanaka and welcome to Champions of the Pacific. I'm Tale Anderson. I'm Vinny Wiley. Today, two Pacific Rugby League teams reflect on a season of sacrifice away from home. And we find out more about an ancient sport played in Tonga. 2021 was a season like no other for the Kaiviti Silk Tails and Papua New Guinea Hunters rugby league teams. Last year, the Ron Massey Cup in New South Wales and Intra Super Cup in Queensland were cancelled after one round because of the COVID-19 pandemic. This season, the teams relocated from Fiji and PNG to Australia, leaving family and loved ones behind to keep their place in the competition. And then COVID struck again. The Silktails managed 13 games before the Delta outbreak in Sydney brought another campaign to an abrupt end, while the Hunters were at least able to finish their season before heading home. I caught up with the coaches Wes Nangama and Matt Church recently, alongside Silktails winger Vuate Karawalevu and Hunters captain Asay Boas, to discuss the season that was. The Sydney Roosters bound Karawalevu says they all had to make a huge sacrifice to play the game they love. We had uh, a few fathers in the team. Being a rugby player, we have uh, we face challenges, and one of them is leaving your family behind and going to pursue your dream and achieve it. Um, it wasn't easy at the beginning. We had the depth of the weather, the time, and uh, not living together. But uh, going through the season, uh, we had to adapt to the situation. But it was a disappointing that uh, the season had to end that way. So a lot of mixed emotions with the boys, but uh, we just have to move on from where we are left off. Whereas as the coach, last year never really got going, just one game at home before it ended. Um, so the fact that you got 13 games in and, and you had a few months where it was all rolling along was is probably a, a, still a quite a significant step. Yeah, it's just as disappointing as it was with the season ending when it was. We thought we were sort of building towards, you know, we put ourselves in a really good position in putting ourselves in that top six, you know, to to uh, to feature in the in the finals. And um, yeah, so I think there was just mixed emotions when 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 the season came to an end. It was a feeling of sort of unfinished business. Um, but as um, as Vuata said, just with the sacrifice that these boys had to make, the same as the Hunters boys. Uh, leaving their families behind. Um, I've been over here for eight months, or well, six months, eight months with the season went forward was was a huge sacrifice by them. But with with the mindset that they had, like with, with Vuatu was saying, you know, um, just with the, with their goals that they wanted to achieve, I mean, I, I thought the group did really well um, to sort of keep each other up for for the period that they were here because it was tough. And as we all know, with the rugby league environment, there's plenty of highs and lows, but. In your normal environment, you get to after a loss, you get to go home and you know sit with your family, enjoy the weekend with them. Where we're sort of just in it, you know, twenty four seven. But um, you know, I, I could, as a coach, I couldn't be proud of the boys in the way they they handled themselves across, uh, right across this season. And so it's a, as as bad as it was with the season ending, it's a really good time for these boys to go home and you know spend some time with their family. Asay and Matt, it's obviously a bit of a different story for the Hunters. I mean, first and foremost, this team's been coming to Queensland since 2014, playing in the Queensland Cup competition and clearly coming across for an extended period, for months on end, for a whole season, effectively, uh, you know, it's a different kettle of fish. Uh, it's a big sacrifice for us. You know, when the season, you know, didn't go well. Like, you know, we know the COVID, you know, COVID team that right come up and, you know, for us, you know, started back at home. The boys had to go down, you know, go to isolation and then, Big sacrifice that the boys do to come away yeah, in the first time after after when the team, you know, inclusion into the Queensland Cup. So, you know, there's some things, you know, a lot of these boys are new boys coming through the cooler system and, you know, they don't experience the type of uh, 
being away from family for that long. So, you know, that is how that come away, but it's something that we need to uh, get something out of from it, you know, building into next year and forward if the COVID continue and this uh, current situation is like. What have you said to these boys over the weeks and months, Matt? Because while Queensland hasn't had it as bad, you've you've had a couple of hiccups along the way. And what's the sort of mood been like in the camp? It's control, trying to control what we can control. And we know that we can't. You know, the measures that are put in to keep Queensland safe, we can't do too much about that. We found out a hard way having to do 31 days in isolations before we could actually get out and, and do that. I was on in PNG and in Queensland. So... Uh, it's been challenging with sort of a number of different factors that sort of haven't really been able to get a lot of momentum because it's been stop-start because of that and a couple of other challenges in-house. Just making sure that the boys can focus on what they can control. You know, when we're not working, to get away and uh, enjoy themselves and, you know, experience life in Queensland. A lot of the boys have actually travelled out of PNG before, but um, not many have actually lived away from home for, for such a long period of time. So for, for the majority of them, it's the first time they've been away from home. Uh, Wes and Vuate, this was the first season, you know, as we've said, where you played more than one game and, and you got to play in Australia. There, there were still some really significant sort of milestones. I think, you know, Vuate, I guess you're the shining example uh, being signed up by the mm. Roosters and, uh, and pressing uh, in a few matches for their lower grade teams this year and a number of other players getting to, to train uh, higher up as well. So where's, you know, just a dozen or more games in to see that sort of progress must be really exciting. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, just to, just to see that and all the highlights and the recognition for, you know, for the individual players and how they performed this year. Um, we, we, we did, as you mentioned, we had a large number of our Silk Tales boys named in the Butte Extended squad and then so much even even more once sort of the, um, you know, sort of the NRL clubs took that stance and there was a possibility of them not... Um, you know, not releasing the NRL boys, so there was, was going to be an even bigger sort of uh, chunk of Silk Tales boys in that in that squad. But um, yeah, other than that, you know, we've um, like Boates, you know, been up and down with uh, with us and uh, with Jersey Flag Roosters. Um, our, our captain Penny uh, Pennyoni, he he um, got called up to the New South Wales Cup, uh, North Sydney, with Jason Taylor's team and uh, one of our younger boys, Phil Money, also um, debuted. Um, for SG Ball with um, with the Roosters, so just you know, with that partnership, it's been great with the Roosters. You know, there's a there's a pathway and reward for these boys you know, if they're playing well. Matt, you took on this job last year. You probably thought taking on this job that you'd be spending a lot of time away from uh, your family in, in in the Brisbane Queensland region, and so you find yourself in Queensland and Brisbane. Um, you know, for much of this year, uh, there's probably a reality with COVID at the moment that for this team to continue, you're probably going to have to do the same thing again next year and, and potentially base yourselves um, in, in Queensland. Is that something that has been talked about, um, how this franchise goes forward, you know, in this COVID environment? Yeah, we've spoken about it as an organisation. We probably haven't spoken too much about the players. Um, they're aware that the general consensus is that we'll potentially be here again next year. But until we know that for certain, I don't really want to go and say that to the boys. So they will understand the commitment when this was always going to be a possibility. Last year it was... They pretty much captured all of the playing group, most of the digital cup players, and, and said that this would be the path forward and there would be a choice on whether or not they wanted to come. We couldn't um, just force it on them and make sure they come to uh, Queensland and relocate. And some of the selection in and around who I selected in our squad was relying on how I felt they could handle life in Australia because 
you know, doesn't really do a great deal for their welfare if we relocate them to another country and then can't even order a coffee or, or something like that. So something I was really mindful of and making sure that we weren't bringing someone too far out of the depth because we didn't know whether or not or how, how hard or easy it would be to get someone home. So there's many challenges with that. But yeah, looking forward that all the information that we're, we're getting through at the moment is that we'll have to be based in Australia again. Um, so yeah, we're doing just doing some planning and around what that looks like. And, and where's I think the indication is that most of your players uh, have indicated that pre-season November for 2022, that, that they are keen. They've obviously back in Fiji now. And, and is that the consensus from, from your squad that, they're willing to make that sacrifice again. Yeah, yeah. It was talked about before they they went back and sort of taught, told them what the plan was in regards to coming back in November, in which you know, which most of them were are pretty keen on. So yeah, in the background, there's there's a lot of planning in and around that. Um, but as I said, that'll sort of just sort of depend on where everything stands with you know with with the situation that we're going through now. But yeah, the plan is to um, probably about a ten week period before you know break before we, we get them on the plane and um, back over here to kick off our um, pre-season. Both teams are now back safely in Fiji and Papua New Guinea, respectively, after their long seasons, I think six and seven months away from home, respectively. Uh, but, of course, yeah, they'll have to do it all again uh, next year and probably get back to Australia, um, you know, by the end of this year, November, just to, to make it realistic. Rugby is described as one of the toughest sports on the field, but it's nothing compared to how they used to play it back in Tonga. Kasivaki is an ancient Dongan sport very similar to rugby, but it was played in the ocean, under the water and with a rock. Dongan artist and practitioner Milika Pusiaki talks to us about the history of the sport and where in the world it's being played today. It's called Kasivaki. Um, it's an old um, sport. I'm talking about the 30s, 32, number 32, the Tuitonga. At that time, roughly, they used that sport. It's it's really an ancient um, Tongan sport and was purely for entertainment, you know, and 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 uh, just to show off their skills and strengths and 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 fighting stamina in the water. It's mainly to entertain the king and the chiefs. Um, when I when I was working at the uh, Tongan Cultural Center, I learned that there was a warrior chief called Toke Moana. And uh, he was the most skilled at Kasivaki. And um, he, I was told that he would sit on, on land on his throne. Uh, it was called Makakolopua. And he would watch the other Tongans compete against each other. Um, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a playing um, rugby under the water with the rock. And they would go down to the seabed and stood between two soft coral rocks. And uh, there's one team on the east and the other one on the west side. And there was a, uh, it's, it's similar, very similar to the modern rugby. <laughs> was there any prize for the winner? <laughs> yes, I think uh, like what I mentioned for the warrior chief, Tokemoana, uh, he was the most skilled at this game back in the day. And um, he, he would be um, anointed with a special title and sometimes maybe given a piece of land um, is, a, is, a, is a prize, uh, you know, but be definitely elevated in terms of, of the title and the hierarchy of the society, Tongan society. 
um, um, they would do that. Uh, to it's it's similar to being a, a poet. You know, once you, you become a, a well-known poet, you are elevated in terms of the community hierarchy, and you're well respected in in that kind of um, way. Do you know whether there were a lot of men that wanted to play? You know, for that reason. In the olden days, you would do anything to please the king, or you know, uh, we we always. Um, look up to a superior and, and they don't, um, normally they wouldn't do it for their own gain. Uh, they would, you know, they would be uh, delighted that, to see the chief or the king himself that he's enjoying what they are doing. And that's all matters to them. At the end of the day, they feel content, you know, knowing that, that the superior, the king, his majesty, or even the, no, not the noble is happy uh, in, in watching the game. Is it still being played in Tonga at all or a contemporary version at all still being played or no? No, um, I, I haven't heard and I don't think it's still being played. I've heard that there was a Tongan uh, rugby seven from, I think from America, they called it the, the Kasivaki team, but they were still playing the, the modern one. Um, I, I grew up in, in, in a village called Mua, which was the uh, Tong, Tonga's uh, angel capital. And um, it was, uh, you know, before it was shifted to Nukalofa. And, and I, I, I witnessed that the boys wanted to, to revive it, but they couldn't go down into the deep. They have to dive down. And, <laughs> and they, they decided to, they tried to just do it above water with the coconut, uh, the big coconut. Uh, you know, it just stood as a water rugby rather than a, the diving part. But I think um, the late Tupoda Falls uh, banned it because, um, you know, it's not, sometimes it's not healthy and maybe people in the past have uh, died from, from not fit underwater. Uh, Japan have mm. kind of uh, started to play the sport as well. I think uh, it was 2017. Um, and they use it as a lifeguard training exercise as well. Maybe that's where we need to start. I know. And I, I, that's exactly the, the, you know, the version of Kasivaki that I've heard from the elderly people. It's exactly like that. And I've, I've seen one of our, on that, uh, that video clip, I saw one of our leaders from the Kingdom of Tonga had a comment that that's Kasivaki. You know, it, it would give you that extra um, joy, you know, like bringing back the, the, what the ancestors have been, you know, uh, doing in the past. And uh, again, it, it would be our en uh, identity. Of course, with that safety element in there as well, we don't want anyone getting hurt. Yeah, I think with the uh, 35k kg, the ball, there would be trouble because they, you know, they had, that's why they sink because it was too heavy. Once, they, once the, the person that got picked to hold the ball automatically sink because of the weight of the ball. But I think if, uh, if it is to be revived, I think make uh, use of something light and just do it above water rather than going down to the seabed level, it, it would be uh, unwise. <laughs> I don't know about you, T, but I was never particularly good at water sports. Uh, people <laughs> laughed at me when I was swimming, and I was pretty rubbish at rugby as well. So uh, I think I think that's me out. Yeah, no, nah, I've got to agree. I don't even think I could hold a coconut with two hands um, walking in any kind of water, flat or waves. I don't know. So yeah, I'm out too. <laughs> 
Well, if you want to hear more from Champions of the Pacific or ancient Champions of the Pacific, perhaps, you can find us online at rnz.co.nz. Just click on the Pacific tab. You can also download us from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favourite podcast. Until next time, kakite.